welcome to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. That's Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack. They're two women with voices that just happen to have sons in the NFL. That means you'll hear about football and motherhood, but you'll never know what you're going to hear next. So let's get this conversation started. Here are your hosts, Garrett and Mac. Hi, Jeracy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Happy Martin um, Luther King's Day. Oh, that's true. But you know, I got depression today. I'm 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 always filled with service in my heart for Martin Luther King Day, you know. Um, but I'm depressed today. The Browns lost to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Browns are now out. I'm proud of the season that they had, no brownies. But boy, it was um it was an awesome ride this year. You know, we sat through that 0 16, so this was an awesome ride. And that's what I keep thinking. You went from 0 that coming from that 0 16, y'all just that was yeah. this is a Super Bowl year for y'all. Girl, it you know, the Browns <laughs> playoffs. Fans, girl, playoffs. The Browns fans had not seen playoffs in eons. So I just want to give a shout out to all the Browns fans in Cleveland and around the country. They travel, they support their team so well, and the love that they give to the Browns players, because those players play their hearts out for them. I am so proud to be a part of the Browns family and organization as a mom, a parent, you know, and all that. It has been, it has truly been a, a blessing in more ways than one. So let's, let me get that out of the way. That's my football for today. And I gotta pick, yes, but I got to pick who I'm a cheer for for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, the Saints got, you know, they, they lost. So that's usually my, my backup go to um, team. So I got to find somebody. I, I can't cheer for Brady. I, you know, I cannot, I can't cheer for Brady because he went through everything. Well, let's cheer for the Cowboys. Oh, wait. Oh, shut up. Time of the shut year. up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Look, don't mess with my team. Said, I just said Texas on fire. Don't, Ella, don't, don't mess with my team. Hey, y'all, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to catch it. She's going to make me get salty over here on the radio. Well, you know, the other thing we have to touch base on, because we, we really have a, a very interesting program today. Duracy wants to talk about something that is, is near and dear to any person who's gone to an HBCU's heart. But we're going to talk about that insurrection at the Capitol just for a second. These mofos here. Oh, we. What you, what you, what the, the insurrectionists. <laughs> just say. Ooh wee, ooh wee, ooh wee, no, that sounds too much like a seaweed. I can't do that one. But, um, yes, that foolishness, girl, you know what? And how these jokers, if you're going to at least be like a robber and wear a mask. I mean, you so dumb. Y'all so and out there in your foolishness. Y'all, 99% of y'all do not wear masks. I hope the FBI shows up on all your doors. Bro, when I read that they arrested a mother and a son, I had shrugs. I got well, raise them up, raise a child up as he should go, huh? <laughs> I, I, I I guess so. I guess so. I, I'm learning. Some people are turning themselves in. Well, black man turned himself in today. A black man turned himself in today. He said he was part of Black Lives Matter and he entered into through the broken window because he wanted to document what was going on. He still committed a crime and he is eligible. I think they said jail time of up to ten years. Mm. So, uh, uh, <laughs> let me do Scooby Doo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what uh, you do with that? Uh, 
I don't, hey, there's just some things you supposed to watch from afar. You supposed to watch it from afar. Zooming in and let, zooming in and let it come. Girl, that part, that part, that part. But um, I, that, 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 this is going to be a mess. You know, I have to travel in the upcoming weeks, you know, for my sister to see my sister and take care of her because she's sick. And I refuse to do anything before January 20th and maybe the 21st or the 22nd. I got to see how this foolishness jumps off. Cause how do you think it, how do you, what, what, what are your, what is your idea? I'm worried. I'm Some worried. people say that they're not worried. And there's been a lot of chatter of uh, African-American men to be very, very careful. And, you know, and we both have that two makes me, Yes, that makes me mm-hmm. very nervous and worried. Um, and sometimes that grapevine is hell, but it's right. Well, you know what? I wanted to be close by my house. I was making sure that I got back in town because... I have plenty of ammo and weapons here at my house. So I wanted to be make sure that I was um, amply prepared. I was I was one of those people who started getting my ammo early and um, often. And I went to gun shows and picked up my ammo. So I have lots and lots and lots and lots of rounds. For my <laughs> so I wanted to make sure and I'm, I'm going to have them out of the safe and ready. For anything that might possibly jump off, um, I have told my son, my oldest son, I'm constantly telling him, you make a really tall target at 6'8". I need you to be. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, just, I just think, you know, anybody, anybody, doesn't matter what your social status is, your educational background, your job history, how much you make, how many kids you have. If, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Exactly. So I'm just I'm just praying everybody can just start looking at things in a different light. Let's just start taking like I said last week, stop listening to answer, but to get understanding and start to understand one another. I don't want them to crawl back under the rock that they've been under all this time. I'd rather know a bigot and a racist and an insurrectionist and a and a patriot. (laughs) I'd rather know them jokers. Put a mark on their forehead like six six six. I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I, I'm marketing with the beast. Well, if you're going to act know, beastly, if you act beastly, you know, you, well, hell, they follow Satan. I mean, <laughs> whatever they should do is whenever they see Air Force One take off, since he's bound to determine to take the plane before Biden comes in, they should follow it by air. Put some drones up there, just follow it, go wherever the hell he goes. Y'all all go live together. Where is he going? Where is he going? Did he need to take Air Force One? And can they as allow him long to do that? as he leaves the White House, I don't care if he go lives on the I ninety five bridge. I don't <laughs> care. And name it after yourself. I don't care. I just want you out of the public eye and out of any decision making processes and away from the, the, the little button that starts the nuclear war. Yeah. I'm, of, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried about my thing right now is give him his ways and just let him have his way until that day. And then get, just, just try to keep the peace. And it's hard to try to keep the peace. And some people are like, no, nah, he can't have his way. He been having his way. Let's just make this transition. Try to make it as smooth as possible. Girl, what cracks me up is is the level of petty. You know, he's never done the tradition. So, you know, his little his little stripper wife, she doesn't do the, the traditions either. Yeah, I called her a stripper. 
You posing nude in a magazine. It is what it is. I saw more naked ass of Melania Trump on the internet than I saw Girl of the Gerber Baby. Okay. Anyway, so one of the Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I bet you my mama could Google me and see my very end out there. Now let's let's do a Facebook poll on that. How many of y'all mamas can Google and see your neck and rear end posted up no. on Facebook? Can, is yours out there? No, no. Well, this is two women who they're not. No, no, no. But one of the things, the traditions that they have um, for the White House is the first ladies walk the next first, the incoming first lady through the White House. And CNN did an article on, once again, that's another tradition that those people did that they refused to do because the level of petty, the level of petty, petty Patty and petty Patrick. <laughs> yes, I did. Again, just let him take Air Force One, land him, and fly back, and let him be gone. Hell, he might try to keep the plane. I mean, he's a greasy <laughs> bastard. I mean, just let him weasel out of anything. I just, I cannot. <laughs> I mean, it. Just listening to people and listening to all of this, it's just, it's it's almost to the point where I I quit watching the news. The other day they were voting on impeaching him. What what came about of that? Okay, they, they have impeached him. Now they just need to take it to a trial. So they, the trial will dictate the severity of the consequences that are happening. He has been impeached. The articles of impeachment were passed. They were voted on and passed. Um, it's not so much that that bothers me. I can't watch my regular shows. You know, I like forensic files. I like major crimes. I like crime shit. Girl, I'm so sick mm-hmm. of crime and drama. I'm over here mm-hmm. watching more cooking shows. Um, you know, I'm watching stuff that is like innocuous. I mean, if, yeah. it, if it has anything where it's too much bad, guys, I just, I'm over it. I'm, yeah. I'm over the drama. I can't take any more drama. You know, I can't. It's just like you hear the bickering, you hear the fussing and fighting, and you just walk past it. That's it. It's it's like I'm done. I'm done. Y'all make my head hurt. (laughs) You know, I love the show Life. Um, I would, in fact, um, I haven't watched Bridgerton yet, Bridgerton, and I plan on it because it's innocuous. It's just, it's just fluffy. You know, there's no. I I can't do any of my good shows right now because I'm too, I can't do too much more drama in my life. Even on TV, I need a respite. And I love forensic files because I love to, you know, to see how forensics has caught people who thought they got away with murders or crimes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't even think about stuff like that because there's too many people getting away with stuff. It's too close to, but it is real life, but it's just, it's like the news at this point. It is because they're actually taking situations out of the news and then putting them in shows. If they are going to talk about this crap. To that point. Well, well, you know, it's funny because SVU and Law and Order would always say these stories are ripped from the headlines. Uh If they do anything related to politics and any of this foolishness, I'm going to have to turn it off. I'm going to have to, hell, I'm going to start watching cartoons, God dog it. (laughs) Well, you get ready to be Doc McStuffins. Be Doc McStuffins or something, because if the all the shows that are coming back on, it's all about an issue with Black Lives Matter. Because uh, they do. It's because it's here. Shows, all the shows. That's what they're pertaining to, and I can say 
the best one that I've seen was Station 19. I haven't and started I Station thought, 19. Wow. That that was that was really good. That was <laughs> Station 19 was a really good episode. Remember the ones you turned me on to um with with my sober Angela Bassett? Um Come on, now one one. Yes. Um, yeah, they're coming back. Both of those long stars coming back, and so is her yes. show, now one one. So I'm looking forward that's tonight. So I'm looking forward to seeing those tonight. Those um I don't know, you know, I've seen the previews that they're coming on, but I haven't seen the the like the previews of what the shows are about. So I'm hoping it's not too much related to politics, any crisis on the hill, we fighting any militia. I don't want to hear about none of that crap. Can I can I can we, I'm ready to start watching the Big Bang Theory with stupid white people. What? I, what? <laughs> Stop. Or, or women or extra smart white people. I'm just like, pick, pick yeah. your poison. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, well, it's like watching Good Times to me. I can watch whatever it is of some, the Fresh Prince, something with stupid humor that mm-hmm. I can get behind, you know, that doesn't allow mm-hmm. need me to think in order to. To do so, dumb, dumb black people, stupid white people. It doesn't matter to me. I just, I just cannot do any more militia politics, none of that. And you know, we weren't supposed to talk about this Christmas long, right? Well, definitely, you don't want to start looking at for life. Oh man, are you serious? Oh, I've only gotten through the first episode where he's out of prison and he's moved back into the house. Oh, for life. Oh. Oh man. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Now, you know, I never got into the uh, Power and Empire shows. I know those were two popular ones. You know, I tend to get onto shows late. I'm not going to go back and watch them because I just have no interest. Um, I don't like when, even when they're smart, intelligent Black men are always made to look like thugs. Even mm-hmm. when they're successful in business, I don't I don't support it. I don't watch it. I don't, I don't it's not my thing. But uh, it took me a while to get on Scandal. But when I did, mm, <laughs> That was one show I never watched. Girl, now you missed that. And for it to be a political, because it, it wasn't as much about the politics as it was about the relationships that had the political backdrop that made that thing like, oh, we going to have to do a girls weekend at, at a hotel for my birthday again. <laughs> <And> we just <laughs> sit in the room and we're going to do a scandal, a scandal weekend between that and Game of Thrones, girl. That, those see, I don't watch Game of Thrones either. Oh, well, it's over now, so you can't watch it. <laughs> Honey, when I tell you when I came, I came into it watching it at season eight. And I was like, girl, my sister, I remember, you know, Pam telling me, girl, this movie, this show called Game of Thrones, it's so good. And I was like, mm-hmm. And girl, once I got on it, I probably watched it all the way through maybe four or five times now. It's that really? good. Yes, it's that good. Yeah. I probably watched um, Scandal. Three times all the way through, twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three times all the way, not twice, three times all the way through. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I'm a, I'm, are you a repeat movie watcher or show watcher? Mm-mm. And I'm, I'm this, I'm this, this is me. This is my personality. If I'm watching the show and you know the ending and I ask you the ending and you don't give it to me and I can't figure it out already, I'll quit watching it. Get the hay out of here. Me and Keelan Mack cannot watch TV together. Dalen Mack going to tell the whole storyline before it starts. Oh, that's funny. Mama, you ain't seen this. Oh, this going to happen. This going to happen. Keelan, what's going to happen? Mama, just pay attention. Son, mm-hmm. just tell me this part. Well, my, well it's, it's, 
is he the daddy? Is that the mama? What? <laughs> mama just watching. So then I get mad. I get mad and I'll stop watching TV. But like the blacklist, it's good. Oh, but I got I it. got so agitated with it. I just said I quit. Well, I just quit watching it. And they was well, like, you know, it's giving me to come that. back. Girl, I you messed it. up because it's getting ready to get good again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what show messed me up because it went off the rails? I really liked Quantico. They got too far out. It got too, yeah, it fell off the deep end for me. And I was like, how do we hear? And I've tried to watch it again. And it still fell off the rails. I was like, yeah, I ain't going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I never made it to the end. I never mm-hmm. made it to the the final shows because it, it just, like I said, it fell off the rails. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> That's a swing and a miss. So, once, once you figured out the first season, it, it, it was over. You, you knew who the person was. It was. Yeah. To me, and, we, and then it was like, well, that was logical if you think about well, it. Well, but then they they went back, and it really wasn't her, and it was like, okay, you're doing too much. This this doing yeah. too much. Okay, so we're gonna circle back around because none of our conversation was supposed to go like this. We were even talking about TV shows and all that stuff. When we come back, Jerez, you know, we you wanted you called me this morning and said I want to talk about the origins or origins of the song with every voice and sing which is the national, referred to as the African-American National Black Anthem, or however you want to put it. And every child, you know, that's Black should know the words to it. So when we come back, we're going to we're gonna start, and I'm going to let you, you talk, because I did most of the talking this time. And you're going to give us what inspired you to talk about Lift Every Voice and Sing, and where you want to go with it. And then we're going to talk about how HBCUs tie into this. So it should be fun. All right. Yes. See you on the back side. This is what? Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Mac. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hello, I am Jose Sanchez with Jose Sanchez Law Firm. As an aggressive Harvard-educated lawyer for almost 20 years, I have fought for the rights, freedoms, and voices for the people all around the world. Whether it's winning millions of dollars for the injured people or getting not guilty verdicts in the courtroom, I am a success. During the times of hardship, you need an advocate that will fight for your rights and is not scared of the courtroom. Visit my website at attorneysanchez.com and let me be your voice. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. 
Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You are listening to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. If you want to make your voice heard, call us during the live show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mac at gmail.com. Now, back to Double Down. And welcome back once again to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Today, we're talking about lift every voice and sing. I remember <laughs> I remember as a kid, we had a radio station, AM, of course, is all we had. And before the show went off every evening, they would play that lift every voice and sing. Really? So as a child, as a child, I started to hear that song um, five, six, seven years old. But I never knew the history about it and behind it until I got older. And one of the things that that we learned was music was a way for slaves to express their feelings, whether it was sorrow, joy, inspiration, or hope. Songs was passed down from generations to generations throughout slavery. These songs were influenced by Africans and religious traditions and would later form the bias of what is known as Negro spirituals. It's what... um, people call it because lift is lift every voice some people call it the black national anthem and some people call it the negro national anthem but now that's what i that's what i was heard of it the negro national anthem the negro Na- national anthem james weldon johnson and his brother john uh they his brother actually james actually wrote uh lift every voice as a poem Mm-hmm. And two years later, his brother put words to it and made a song for it. And this is how it became the uh, this is how the the word the poem the poem became a song. Okay, so let and, let, let me say this: Do you know for what event the reason why they put music to it? Well, as a poet, he he was prominent uh, during the Harlem Renaissance. Nope. So, that's not why they put music to it. See, I'm an HBCU graduate, so you know I had to learn stuff oh. like this. So, do, do you do you want me to tell you why they put music to it? Yes, go ahead. Because once he put music to it, it was actually sung for the very first time by school kids, about 500 school kids, um, back in 1900, and it was to celebrate the, the anniversary of the birth of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Yep. Yep. So that's one of those. Um, Though it was written as a poem, it was actually put to music with under the auspice that it was sang for the, the, the President Abraham Lincoln. I Okay, I'll let you have it. Because I'm an HBCU it, grad. Captain in the was, house. It was first performed in 1900 at a Correct. segregated school in Jacksonville, Florida, Correct. by the group of the 500 children to celebrate the birth of President Lincoln. The first verse opens with a common and optimistic praise and freedom, which is lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Now, 
that explains the first verse. Now, you, you know I'm going to have to put the Star Spangled Banner in here somewhere. Okay. So I'm trying, I'm breaking down verse by verse. The second reverse reminds us to never forget the suffering and obstacles of the past. Stony the road we toured, bitter with chastened road rod and felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Now, you know, I'm going to mess with you if you can't read a three-letter word. Did you not go to an HBCU? No, I did not go to an HBCU. Well, you know what? You know, you know, just to take that, to take that, um, that verse, because that's a verse actually that, that really harkens to me because it takes it back to what you you initially said. It talked about the, the slavery portion and how, we have to acknowledge in our music always, you know, songs back in that day, that they were coming out of a period of, of abuse and slavery and marginalization, segregation. And that that whole stanza is stony the road we've trod, bitter the chastity rod, both in the days when hope unborn had died. I mean, can you imagine hope dying for you? I can't, but when I go back and look at what they were going through. Pictures, yeah. When I go back and I look at what they were going through. Yeah. And there's, there's, let's move on through the, to the third and final stanza. Though we haste by thy might, lead us into the light. Keep us forever in the path, we pray. Now, Lift Every Voice was a pivotal time when Jim Crow was replacing slavery and mm -hmm. African Americans were searching for an identity. Two key elements led to it being named the Negro National Anthem. In 1905, Booker T. Washington endorsed it, and in 1919, it became the official song of the NAACP. It spoke to the history of the dark journey of African Americans, um, and for the matter, many, many Americans and the disparities who struggled through to get to a place of hope. Now, we just talked about that. Be, uh, looking at you know, hope unborn had died. Yep. One of the things that I learned in looking at this, um, the song became a rally cry for black communities, especially in the South. It was in, it influenced reach well beyond the boundaries. Um, an English professor from Clark State University uh, and scholar said of, of the song's history, one of the things is, is that when they were working the field, they sung these songs. And what I learned, what I've learned, because I'm going to say it like this, the first time, shame on you. The second time, shame on me. I have to admit, when I was in school, we didn't learn Black history. Mm. And so a lot of these things I'm having to go back and research and learn for myself. And so a lot of this, I didn't. I didn't know, I wasn't made aware of. But in a lot of songs that we sing today, there were coded messages in those songs that they were singing in the field to talk to one another. Correct. But but when you talk about songs like Lift Every Voice and Sing and other songs that were um, used during the civil rights era with Martin Luther King and, you know, Mahalia Jackson was such an influencer, influential voice, um, with her music, the gospel music, mm -hmm. the church music, um, what you, to me, I have to wrap my head around the fact that the music was the uplifting 
that was used to uplift us as a culture, just like it did Slaves in the Field. Even the nuances of what they were singing about, you know, if you watch the movie Harriet and, you know, that's how she let people know to go on down to the river was singing the song. And those those songs kept us from losing hope when hope was really denied. I, I can't even imagine, you know, even with what we're going through now as a country, I cannot imagine the losing the hope and coming out of, of slavery into Jim Crow, into the civil rights, the lack of voting. You know, I, I, I laughingly tease you, but going to an HBCU gave us so much of our history that was not taught in school. And it's ironic to me that children now are hearing Lift Every Voice and sing sung by Beyonce, sung by Alicia Keys, mm -hmm. sung by Kirk Franklin, and it's new. You know, like mm -hmm. you said, you heard it from the time you were seven, six or seven years old. Mm -hmm. And now these kids are now, it's being refreshed to them in a new way because mm -hmm. young people are singing it and, and they're really hearing the words. I mean, the, the whole song, you just wrote, you just read snippets. The mm -hmm. whole stanzas are beautiful, yes, they beautiful are. song. And when you, when you listen to it and if you really sing it, and read the words, they're heart-wrenching. And for those who who don't and are not familiar with the song, at the very end, Deracy's going to play a snippet of the song It's gonna take us out this evening um, from the show. But the words, if you ever get a chance to just read the words and you'll understand why James Weldon Johnson made it um, a poem first. And, you know, lift every voice and sing. Till earth and hair. I can't sing, but you know, it's just you doing all right, girl. Uh, I, look, my sister, <laughs> who's a singer, will call up on the radio live and say, "Maria, Maria, stop that foolishness." But um, you know, I, I, it's it's we have to do a better job of teaching this kind of music and why this music was necessary in our schools. You know, I I mean, I think you should bring back the national anthem. You know, the Pledge of Allegiance and all that school. They don't do none of that stuff anymore. Um, no. I think that's why we don't value our patriotism the way we should. And being of one people. You were, I think you were going to compare the the two songs, the national anthem versus the Negro national anthem. Yes, I am. I mean, because, you know, the national anthem was written by Francis Scott Key while he's sitting there watching the bombardment of the war, you know, Mm -hmm. So, hmm, we talking about coming out of slavery and freedom. He talking about the, the the rages of battle. So, tell me what your perspective is. Well, the more spiritual or mainstream um, Star Spangled Banner might be sung is you you don't know how much you know about. Um, it speaks to despairingly about slaves and black people hired by the British side during the Revolutionary War. That's in the so second stanza. That's in the second stanza. Isn't that in the second stanza? Because people don't realize mm -hmm. it's the second stanza to the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The National Anthem. The Star Spangled Banner and the National Anthem are two different ones. So which one are you referring yes, to? Yes, I'm referring to the Star Spangled Banner. Gotcha. The Star Spangled Banner is not racist. But these days, especially as I know, 
and have learned over and over, it's important to listen to when Black folks speak about their matters. For the Star Spangled Banner in the patriotic song, we hear before basketball games, baseball games, and football games. But in the version, we only hear the first verse and chorus, which are not controversial. So mm. basically, um, say, can you see by the dawn's early lights? Well, so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose bright stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight um, of the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets were at glare and the bombs bursting in air. Gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star banner still wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave. Mm. So, so to me, he's more concerned about the flag than the people, but okay. Because the, the land has never been land of the free comma, if you were indigenous or black, mm-hmm. or the home of the brave. I mean, we weren't even allowed to serve in the military without segregation. I mean, what, even into World War II, if I'm not mistaken? So, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So what and, you want, I, you know, I, I don't have a problem with the national anthem. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have a passion for it one way. I did think it was silly to play the national anthem and the Negro national anthem both at football games. I thought that was incredibly silly, a silly move by the NFL. Yes. And if you look on our Facebook page, uh, you will see that video of the NFL and what was said uh, in Alicia Keys mm. with the uh, with the with beautiful, the, beautiful rendition. It's it just, it it's, yeah, it's it just is. silly. That to me, that struck more division than it did cohesiveness. Um, it's one thing to acknowledge that Black Lives Matter, but um, I think you can take things too far. And I think trying to play a Black national anthem as if we were separate. Now, if if you were saying the Canadians or something, mm-hmm. you know, and you're playing the Can- mm-hmm. like they do for the Olympics. You play the national anthem mm-hmm. of the country, but, you know. Then you're 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 separating instead of making things cohesive. If you start calling it the black national anthem and then the national anthem, well, it's we should all be under one anthem. And I understand, mm-hmm. and and I definitely sat during the national anthem because I didn't think he covered me. But the black national anthem doesn't cover white people. So you, mm-hmm. I, I thought the move by the NFL to do it, I know it was done with the best of intentions, but it just kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, well, when, I, and, when I first experienced, and, I didn't like it. And one of, the, one of the problems and the issues from that that everybody has a problem with, you heard me give the words, uh, lift every voice, and then when mm-hmm. you get to the Star Spangled Banner, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Well, the Black National Anthems was being sung by slavery. Right. So then you go to the land of the free Mm. and the home of the brave. So. um, Unless you read the comma, unless you, it's an invisible ink on the back of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, comma, unless you are Black or Indigenous, people of color. You know, it's, I I look at stuff based on the time that it was written in Mm -hmm. and you know, I think a whole bunch of that stuff needs to be revisited. I think mm-hmm. I actually think the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the amendments all need to be living and breathing documents. They should be the base and the foundation. But there's no way that there should have to be a votable amendment to allow me the right to vote 
to allow me, you know, to do X, Y, Z. It should be covered. It should, it should exactly. be blanket. It should not be something that's amenable. That we, as if you could, if it's an amendment, you can go back and reamend anything. It should be when it's covered. The home of the free land, the brave hell I live here. I was mm-hmm. born here. I'm covered. Membership should have its privileges. So I shouldn't need any special wording to give me the right to vote. And so when you have two different songs written from two different perspectives, you, you James Weldon Johnson was writing a poem out of the history of slavery where his parents were slaves. Whereas Francis Scott Key was, was looking off from a boat back onto mm-hmm. the shore and he could see the flag waving in the distance. And he was so inspired by the flag. I ain't met a flag yet to give me that kind of inspiration. I'm still just trying to be able to, to, to not be harassed going to vote. But you know, one of the things you, you talked about was the fact that Beyonce singing singing yep. the song and a lot of people I like what she said before I say what she said that the song lift every voice it allows us to acknowledge all the brutality the yep. inhumanities the, the the dispositions that came with enslavement uh that still come today with, yep. with disenfranchisement police brutality uh the dispositions of education, resources that are available. It continues to announce that we see things, we see this brighter future that we believe that something will change. And we got to continue to believe that these things will change. And it's kind of funny, we're talking about a song that was written in the early 1900s, and here it is, 2021. And it's amazing in the time and the time change, we're still singing this song looking for that. And so, and just like Beyonce said, when she sung that song, it was a lot of white people in the audience that didn't understand it, but she knew that they felt it. Okay. Um, when we come back for the break, I told you that I was, I had something to say regarding that. And so when we come back from the break, uh, I've got something to say. So uh, we'll return with Double Down with Garrett and Matt. <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hello, I am Jose Sanchez with Jose Sanchez Law Firm. As an aggressive Harvard-educated lawyer for almost 20 years, I have fought for the rights, freedoms, and voices for the people all around the world. Whether it's winning millions of dollars for the injured people or getting not guilty verdicts in the courtroom, I am a success. During the times of hardship, you need an advocate that will fight for your rights and is not scared of the courtroom. Visit my website at attorneysanchez.com and let me be your voice. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. If you want to make your voice heard, call us during the live show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mac at gmail.com. Now, back to Double Down. All right, Jeracy, when we left, we were talking about Lift Every Voice and Sing and and I mean, we've talked about how it's being used by young people now to inspire the Black Lives Matter move, the protests, and try to bring unity. Um, the one thing that I, and I don't want to say I dislike because it's a beautiful song, but when we look at songs of that era, it just always smacks me of, I am begging for what should rightfully be mine, the right to exist, the right to breathe, the right to vote, the right to marry, the right to have kids, the right to just live my life, serve the God I serve, and just do it. And so it just smacks of, I'm begging again for my inalienable rights that were set up in the Bill of Rights. That part. So you say you're begging for your rights. Just, you know, okay, so... When you when you hear songs, you know, they acknowledge slavery. They acknowledge the hard road. You know, oh, Massa beat us. Oh, I'm begging you to acknowledge me as a human being. All, all of our music back then had tinges of tinges, tinges of what we've gone through as a culture, as a it, it's it, I hate I you know, I hate to say I hate it, but it's just like I love when the music of James Brown came through and Marvin Gaye and, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on and political awareness, you know, fight the powers that be. I like all that stuff. I mean, because we were no longer begging people to acknowledge what the hell you put me through. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't have to acknowledge. I'm going to put it up in your face. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, one of, it's one of the most beautiful pieces of you know, American hit American history mm-hmm. of of James Weldon Johnson's music and the poem and and then the subsequent music and song. But you know, when you read the entirety of the the song, it it just wants it, it's like begging for acknowledgement, and I'm tired of begging. I ain't and begging I- for crap else. And I and I think th- the fact is is that we're all tired of begging, but a lot of times they get to the point it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And a lot of people feel like they that it's best to keep what what it's if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing. 
again, I'm going to pray. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Because to me, a nonverbal response makes that person feel like it's okay with what they just said. Squeaky wheel gets the oil. Nope. You you got to address some of these issues and some of these things that people are saying and that people are doing. And one of the things in the song, it says, let's march on to victory is won. It it didn't say we had to fight nobody. It didn't say we had to start chaos. It didn't say we had to do a. It said march on to victory is won. We need to learn how to pull together and march on to victory is won. Quit ignoring stuff. Take the fear away from yourself because you feel like if you say something, you're going to get in trouble. That's still maintaining control and making a person feel enslaved. In we the have word, got no. to learn. We have In the got, words of, have, sorry, go ahead. Mm-mm. We have got to learn how you might not acknowledge that person the way that they want to acknowledge, but you let them know what they said bothered you. Let it just, don't mean you got to stand there and give and, and put a bunch of syllables together and let them float. But you need to give an acknowledgement. What you said upset me or is disrespectful to me, or I need you to change your tone of voice toward me. I'm going to say like Malcolm X says, said nobody can give you your freedom. Nobody can give you equality or justice or anything. If you're a man slash a woman, you take it. You take it. And if you're not ready, to die for it, then take the word freedom out your vocabulary. I, I'm I'm at the I'm at the point I'm just willing to take my freedom by any means necessary. Again, Malcolm X. Um I and I'm not an advocate for violence. Oh, let me say that. I'm not an advocate mm-hmm. for violence. But what I am advocate for is get your goddamn foot off my neck. Get it off my neck. Jesus. But I understand what you're saying. Get your foot and off I my think, neck. Historically, um, you you know that's it, and once again circle back around to the HBCU education and giving you the history of your blackness and who you are. We have so many now HBCU graduates. I hope more and my, none of my children went to an HBCU, which pains me to my core. Um, they were all stellar athletes and yet none, no HBCU came to my door. Even my, my alumni of Hampton University never knocked on my door and said, you're a graduate. Let me, let me talk to your kids because they didn't think they had a chance. I would have loved the chance to possibly send one of my children to an HBCU. I hold out hope for one of my grandkids, but it gives you a well-roundedness that you don't get from a PWU. And there's nothing, honey, I'm an Aggie fan. You know, we're both Aggie moms. I love it. I'm a Boston college mom. I would not have traded their educational things for anything other than an HBCU experience because it gave me um, the, the foundation, it made me aware of things from the black perspective. You know, and I'm a baby of the sixties. I, you know, I was born in 65. And so my wow. perspective, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> but, you know, so I grew up as things were happening, you know, I did, I seen, I did segregation and, you know, some of, some of my, my, Staunchest supporters and friends who I love are not even my ethnicity, 
are not even my ethnicity. And I treasure them to the point that I trust them with my children. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's how, that's how I pick my friends, whether I can trust you with my kids. I don't pick you based on your, your color, skin color, but they also understand that I've been through stuff as a black person. I'm going through stuff as a black person mm-hmm. that they don't understand. Even to the point of when you sing that song, Beyonce can, can run with it. And, and Alicia Keys can run with it. Noble Moore can remake it. And, and the choirs can sing it. But if you're not listening to the words, you're not understanding. My freedom is still a struggle. I got nothing for you. See, sometimes when I'm when I'm teaching classes or I'm dealing with classes, I'll take my men and women and I'll divide them. And I'll look at the women and I'll ask them how many have had birth. And they'll raise their hand. And I'll look at the men and ask them how many have had birth. And, of course, they just stare at me. And so... And this is sometimes how I settle issue in the classroom when it gets out of hand. And I look at the man. I say, so you can't tell her nothing about having a child. Her label, where you don't work all day, you tired, you sleepy, you get in the bed and the baby wants to start moving and kicking while you trying to go to sleep. Your body stretching out, the contractions you have, the fact that you want to rip your husband's head off when you're trying to push that baby out. You have no idea. And I tell them at the same time, when you criticize a black mother because she is worried about her black son, you don't know what she feeling. You don't know what she thinking. We need to stop judging one another and listen to each other. Because if you take that same room and you divide them up into black men and white men and you ask them, what does it feel like to walk down the street and never have nobody bother you? And then what does it feel like to walk down the street and face adversity? When my son walk out the door and he leaves to go through things, sometimes I get scared. My heart starts pounding. I'm like, how far are you going? What you doing? Because if you've never lived that aspect of that experience, you don't know. It's the same way that I can tell you I didn't care Pat Mahomes got hurt yesterday if I didn't love him. But because I have feelings and I love him and his mama, that bothered me yesterday. But for somebody who don't have that understanding, you can't tell. So if you don't understand what what a person went through, what an African-American goes through, and, and, and yes, that's just like doing the uh, situation when, when the corona come out and they start attacking Chinese people. I was like, oh, my goodness. What are they doing? What are they saying? What are they doing? We didn't know what the Chinese people felt like at that time to leave and go outside their house because they thought that they brought the coronavirus over here. We got to stop listening to each other to answer and listen to each other to speak. Well, you know what? It's, it's, it, well, the shit is getting, oh, sorry, I forgot I was on the radio again. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Okay. Things are getting ready to hit the fan um, in the next few days. Um, I think the insurgents on the Capitol uh, was just a precursor to what's to come. And I think as black people, white people, Asian people, if you're standing on the side of what's right, I don't care if you stand on the side of history. I don't care, you know, like I don't care what Donald Trump's, he's going to go down on the wrong side of history. I couldn't care less. I want people who are like-minded, who just want to have, Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Can can mm-hmm. I just get, raise my family, marry a person I love? Um, can I just 
work in a job that I enjoy? Can I can I support you know my family? Can I can I serve the God that I serve? Just who wants to live free, not mm-hmm. be in the drama and hassle and foolishness that has been for the last four years. There was nothing about what I may not agree with my government, but I don't live in North Korea. You know, my government is not trying to overthrow me and, um, you know, I mean, your government controls you to an extent. I mean, hell, you pay taxes. But I just I just think like-minded people are just going to have to bind together, just like militia and those like-minded people. If you're not prepared, you will be run over. That just is what it is. You have got mm-hmm. to be prepared for what's coming. And what's coming is a revolution. Mm-hmm. It is a revolution coming. And I am scared mm-hmm. because a lot of people on the other side of the revolution don't like people who look like me. I'm the enemy. My sons are the enemy. My husband is the enemy. Your sons are the enemy. Your ex-husband is the enemy. And we are the enemy. We are a threat. And it's scary. And I just, I, I need people who need, want to stand up and say, I'm, I'm with you. Because if, you, if you're not on the side that's fighting for freedom for everybody, you're on the side that's fighting for oppression. So, you know, that's that's where I stand. Um, we were going to get more into HBCUs. You know, you, as you know, I'm a lover of HBCUs because I'm a graduate and, and I lovingly tease you because you're not. We are going to do a show on HBCUs and the magnitude of some of the HBCU graduates. You know, we have Kamala Harris who went to um, our university, even though Hampton is the real HU. And then we have <laughs> Reverend Warnock, who is a Morehouse man. You know, you have Stacey Abrams, so many people who are movers and shakers right now in D.C. are coming from HBCUs. So we're going to talk about that in the future. Hopefully next week we'll get on that topic. But, Dracy? I want to close out with everybody just remembering 2 Corinthians 7 and 14 that says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. We need to pray for healing of our land. Right, Jeracy, once again, we're going to close out the show. And we're going to march on to victories one. Come back again for Double Down with Garrett and Matt. Closing out the show. Bye. Bye, Bye Tracy. Bye. You've been listening to Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Be sure to join Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mac again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next week.